Welcome to 8 with 8, a podcast from Ohio State Support Team 8, where we share what's on our minds and what's in the research from the field of education. This is episode three in our season on ramping up relationships. Today, we're going to take a deep dive into the connection between relationships, trauma, and the brain. One of SST8's educational consultants, Stacy Smith, is interviewing Missy McLean. If you don't know Missy, she's one of Ohio's most sought-after trainers on trauma-informed teaching practices and one of SST8's favorite partners. We know you'll love learning from her as much as we do. Hello, this is Stacy. I'm here today with Missy McLean from Akron Children's Hospital. Welcome, Missy. Hi, Stacy. How are you? I'm great. It's so good to see you. I'm so excited to be here. Well, thanks for joining us. So, Missy, when we were talking about this season of ramping up relationships, you were the first person I thought about. <laughs> I thought, I thought, who better to talk to about relationships than Missy McLean? <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. What, yeah, absolutely. Well, and when I thought about you, Missy, it's, it made me start to think back. How did we even meet? Mm-hmm. And so, do you remember when we met? I don't. It's I been feel a while. Like for years. It's been years. I was thinking, and I really think it was at that preschool special education conference in Columbus, which is way back in 2016. And you presented um, with a group on trauma, but then you and I actually met. We both went and listened to someone speak about trauma. Oh my gosh. I don't remember this. That's so weird that we met in Columbus. I know. So crazy. But I just remember distinctly meeting you and thinking, we need to work together. (laughs) Oh, that's so awesome. And and the rest is history because I rest feel like we're able to do so much awesome work together. I think that's so great. That's oh, what I thought. I love that story. Yeah. From that point on, we started working together. So it's been cool. <laughs> well, hey, awesome. It's 2020 and this pandemic's been tough. Yeah. So I'm just curious, what relationship or relationships have been getting you through? Uh, you know, I feel like there are so many different types of relationships that are important to me this year. Uh, you know, I think that some of the really strongest relationships are the relationships that I have at home, right? Uh, it's, uh, this pandemic is testing those relationships, right? That, you know, Absolutely. when you're stuck in the house together all the time, it's, um, it's giving us a chance to, you know, my husband and I and my children and I to be able to connect in new ways, which has been amazing and such a, a perfect you know, we take the perks where we can get them to be able to get to know each other and work together and, and, and play together in ways that we haven't been able to in a really long time. But, you know, it tests those relationships too, because you start realizing, you know, how often your kids are leaving dishes around the living room and, you know, and how frustrating (laughs) that can be. So it tests those relationships, but I find that those at home relationships are so vital to my survival, but not just that. I think that maintaining the relationships, my two best friends, uh, you know, these two gals that one lives just four miles down the road, but one lives in New Jersey. And so to be able to stay connected with them and we've been doing, um, zooms and playing board games on zooms. And, you know, it's just, I'm so thankful that we have the ability to see each other's faces. Cause I think that it's different than, than just talking on the phone, you know, that to have all three of us kind of like a nineties, you know, phone party where we're all, you know, party line talking together <laughs> and 
to be able to stay up late and, um, you know, and just kind of hash out some of the gossip and, and new things that have happened in our lives. So I would say my, uh, my at home family, uh, my, uh, and my best friends have really been getting me through this time. Cause it's, it's hard to stay connected when we have to be apart. That's a, that's a great point. And I, I like how you talk about there's different groups and different relationships and it's important to maintain all of those different relationships because it really does help you get through. It is. It so, really is. And it's, yeah. you know, it, each relationship that you have, it gives you, it gives you something different. You know, the relationship that I have with my friends is different than the ones that I have with my husband. And so to be able to maintain that is important. And, and it's like, I feel it when it's been a while, like, you know, my friends will text and be like, we need a zoom, right? <laughs> like we, we all kind of feel it like we're missing each other and we need to, we need to just hang out. Absolutely. So, I mean, I would agree this pandemic is really highlighting the importance of relationships, but I know that's not a new concept to you. You've been traveling across the state and addressing this, and I would, I would love if you could just share a little bit about your role for Akron Children's Hospital and what you see as you travel across the state and how relationships impact children. Yeah, so uh, I'm at Akron Children's Hospital, and uh, my job title is actually a very long job title. It's very strange. <laughs> I am Community Education Programs Coordinator. Stacy, for the years we've known each other, I bet you never knew that that was my title. I did not know that. That's a mouthful. <laughs> it is. I never <laughs> say it because it's such a strange title. Um, but I, I'm very lucky to work for a department called School Health Services. And School Health Services is, um, is a full department of wonderful, amazing healthcare workers who work directly in the schools. So your school nurses, your school aides, uh, those folks are staffed through my department. And um, so I'm the only one who does the social and emotional uh, game in that department, but I, it's given me such a cool opportunity over the last, well, it's now been 14 years since I've been at Akron Children's. Wow. And, and yeah, and I've been able to travel all over the state and really work with schools from all different backgrounds and really specifically reaching into training teachers on how to expand social and emotional learning, how to address things like psychological trauma, how to think about, um, you know, alternative ways for discipline to really, um, you know, bridge uh, achievement gap and really think about ways that we can best accommodate kids who need us the most. And so being able to travel like this, it's given me such a crazy, unique, um, uh, perception because, you know, I've been, oh, well, I think it's over 250 districts now and um, I've been able to see um, every one of the large uh, you know, the big eight metropolitan districts um, and rural districts and suburban districts all over. And, you know, the one thing that you just can't stop but seeing is that the stronger the relationships are among the teachers and the students, the better the students behave and the better the students achieve. It's absolutely amazing when kids feel connected to someone at school, the things that they're able to accomplish. And so being able to see that it doesn't matter if, you know, what types of resources schools have, that that relationship is such an important piece. And I say that a lot to teachers that, you know, no matter 
how many evidence-based programs you see, no matter how many strategies that you hear about, the, the number one thing that can point to success for a child is the relationship that the adult forms with that child. And so being able to, um, to see these relationships in action has been pretty incredible. And seeing kids, you know, who come from all different types of backgrounds, succeed in all different ways because they've found that champion. And it's just awesome, you know? And, and I think that being able to connect with kids in a way that's not just, you know, briefly talking about, you know, the game last night or, or you know, talking about something that's really surfaced, but being able to reach in, you know, I've seen teachers that are reaching into the, um, you know, the true uh, interests of the child. They are really helping that child grow and, um, you know, reach out and expand their passions and, um, and then just connecting them with even better resources and other adults that can help them thrive. So it's, it's this wonderful uh, thing. And I think that this year it's, it's tough because, you know, I mean, people who come into education, you know, we don't come into this job for the money and we don't come into it because people say it's going to be easy, you know, you know, and, and one of the things, you know, the huge benefits of this work is the closeness that you feel with kids and the relationships that you build with them. And so, you know, this year, has been incredibly tough because we are all having to adjust how we build those relationships because we're, you know, now set up to have, you know, social distancing and I can't come within six feet of you and we're all wearing masks and it's so tough to read, you know, the, the needs of kids when half their face is covered and, you know, we're not allowed to do some of the things that maybe we would normally do. And, you know, I think that that has, has really taken a toll on a lot of us in education that, you know, we're not able to get those really valuable relationships. And so I think that, yes, it's important to think about how kids are missing out this year, but it's also important for us to recognize how we as educators are missing out this year too, that it's something that we really love and, and, and we're not getting it in the way that we should be in the way that we want to be. That's a great point. And I love that you said, because you've been across the state, you've seen all different types of school districts, all different types of kids, and building relationships, it doesn't take money. It just takes that time and that investment. And so you can do that regardless of what school district you're in. So that's such a great point. Well, I was gonna say too, I think that yes, it doesn't take money. Um, and I also think that that sometimes we take for granted, um, uh, or, or rather, maybe we don't take for granted, or we, um, we underestimate the power of, of small moments. And so I think that not only do we have to recognize that what we can give to kids doesn't cost money, but it doesn't have to always take the amount of time we think that it does too. I think that sometimes we worry that we don't have enough time. If I have you know, 30 kids in my classroom, how am I gonna build a relationship with every kid in this space? Well, you know, really thinking about how we can make these micro moments with kids so that, you know, when I get 30 seconds with a kid, what kind of question am I going to ask them? What kind of conversation do I want to have in that moment? Do I want to have a conversation about, 
what you did this weekend where you can kind of rattle off a list of things or do i want to have a conversation about what's your favorite part about winter right that that's going to maybe give you something more and it won't take any more time but it will provide more value to the time that you have so i think um you know not worrying so much about the money that may you know that you don't have to have money to do these things but you also can do a lot with a little bit of time as well that's a great point i actually was just listening to um, a, a training about, you know, engaging with kids. And they said that same thing. They said, even if you give one minute of an intentional focused time, it's so beneficial. And, you oh, know, yeah. so kids are getting that intentional time. So I, that's, I, I love how you said that, that it is just, you know, thinking those small moments, those my, I like you said, micro moments. That's a great, <laughs> great term. <laughs> so, and as you know, I've heard you present so many times, Missy, on trauma, and um, when you talk about trauma, you talk about the brain and you talk about the stress response. And I'm just curious, what connections do you see between the brain and the brain development or stress response in relationships? How do those two pieces connect? Sure. Um, you know, when we are working and building those stepping stones of relationships, we are actually firing off some really great spots of a kid's brain that, you know, when kids are getting positive recognition, when they are getting positive connection, they are getting, um, you know, big shots of endorphins and, you know, all of the really positive good neuro neurotransmitters that, that make them feel good. And so when they will continue to seek that out, right, they want to make, they want to make um, you know that feeling again they want to feel that relationship they want to feel that connectedness and you know it's interesting because you see with students who have experienced trauma um, how how quickly they can become um, close with folks who give them that relationship who give them those few minutes of time and it you know it really does enhance their connections and build their trust and you know I know that you guys have done probably lots of information on things like attachment theory and that kind of stuff where you know when kids are not given those relationships, then, you know, their immediate step forward um, in their brain, that immediate pathway would be distrust. And so to build those stepping stones and kind of build that, um, those pathways for relationships builds that trust, and then also builds that ability to, um, to recognize in others um, and be able to self-check on my own behaviors and on my own um, experiences. You know, I think about, um, my own kids, you know, I always say that kids need all of the, um, the love and the positive reinforcement and the connection of a parent, of an aunt, of, you know, a really good adult mentor. Uh, they need all of that to be able to listen to the eyebrows of that person when something's going wrong, right? And I know that if my kids are at Target and they start acting crazy, that I can just lift that one eyebrow and that they know what that means. But they, they know. Yeah, yeah, they know. Um, but they wouldn't be able to recognize it if they if we hadn't put in that relationship piece. Um, it would they actually wouldn't even see it. And so for us to be able to think about 
how we can, you know, cause kids make mistakes, kids mess up all the time and kids are looking to, um, how to, how to understand boundaries and how to understand the things that are going on in the world. Uh, but they won't be able to recognize those boundary cues in you that, that eyebrow, if you're not giving them all of the positive reinforcement and the connection and love of a parent or an aunt or, you know, a close adult mentor. And so, you know, those are some of those connections that happen when we build these relationships is that you see the benefits of it five times down the road because of the connections that you've made over time. Um, you know, I think that it's just, it's, it's something that's really incredible when, when kids are able to just truly trust the person that, that they're working with and it helps them to be able to function cognitively. It helps them to be able to learn differently. You know, um, there was a study, Cena, I want to talk about it, but I don't know who wrote it and I don't have any information on it, Stacey. Um, <laughs> it was just one of those things I like heard on a random podcast one time. Um, but it was so cool. It was talking about um, how students, between the students and the teachers, how students were able to achieve um, at higher rates when they knew that um, their teacher had something in common with them. Right. And so it's super interesting. And so they were told, hey, your teacher also likes playing Fortnite. And um, and that that just that connection in itself helped them to be able to achieve higher. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that. But to be able to feel that connection with someone gives you, uh, you know, validity when you're speaking, when you're teaching and, and it and it humanizes you so that that child can learn from you. So it's pretty crazy. That is. It's, you know, it's really amazing. I, I know when I first started learning about trauma, one of the things that stood out to me was when they would talk about the impact of a positive adult relationship in a child's life and how that could actually impact the trajectory of their life by just having some positive adult relationships. And then mm -hmm. that would really impact even, you know, not just the social emotional that we see in classrooms, but their overall mental health. And so... Oh, yeah. You know, what do you, what do you think about that? I mean, what connections do you see? Oh, you, you want to go down a rabbit hole with me? It's absolutely, <laughs> awesome. um, you know, what I think about it is like, because I think like uh, not just the trajectory of that child's life, but then look at the intergenerational impacts where, um, you know, I speak a lot about, um, her name is Masita Davis. I speak a lot about my, um, uh, the teacher of my grandmother and it was a one room school teacher in Huntington, West Virginia during the depression. And, you know, my, my family, you know, experienced poverty as many families did during that time. And the stories my grandmother tells about that teacher and the things that she was able to do and that, you know, this teacher was able to help my grandmother because of this positive relationship, be able to thrive in which she was promoted two grades. She graduated at 16. She went to, you know, business school. She at one point taught in business school. Um, you know, so it didn't just, you know, the relationship that Miss Eda Davis, yes, it was wonderful in it. And it changed my grandmother's social and emotional experience so much so that some, you know, 80 odd years later, my grandma turned 90 this year. She, my grandma remembers her name, right? And can tell me right. all these stories about her. But it didn't just change her life. Because because of the strength that this teacher gave my grandmother, it changed the trajectory of my father's life. And that changed the trajectory of my life and of my children's life. And so when you look at 
kind of the ripple effects of the relationships that we can build with children, it changes things. I think about, you know, there's a couple of teachers that come to mind in my own life where if I didn't have those teachers in my life, I would be in an incredibly different place than I am right now. And have their, uh, you know, their care and their encouragement and their support while, you know, going through a lot of high school stuff and applying for colleges and, and knowing that the impact that they had and those little bits of time that they gave me, you know, those little things that kind of probably seemed like nothing to them, but, but really meant the world to me. And especially during sometimes for me where, you know, sometimes they were the only positive voice I was hearing that week. And so, so hearing that voice and hearing those things um, helped me grow and um, helped me reach out to go to college and to do the work that I do now. And it didn't just change me. It changed the trajectory of my life, but it also changed the trajectory and success of my children's lives because I have, because of them, had this support, um, been able to do even more socially and emotionally than they probably would have ever expected. But then that has given a support system to my children in ways that I did not get when I was a child. And so, like I said, it's quite a rabbit hole when you think about it, but it's the ripple effects are, are beyond just this child in this moment. I think many of us can probably look back on our childhood and identify one person outside of our family that, that really impacted us. And some of us might even be able to identify one person who just for a brief amount of time really impacted us. Maybe that camp counselor, that one random week you went to camp, right? That someone who, who just this brief amount of time, or maybe someone for a longer period of time that, that helped you get to where you are today. And that's the kind of person we want to kind of seek to be, right? I think sometimes we get wrapped up in what, where am I going to be in five years and what's the plan? And we forget, well, how do I be more like that person who helped me get where I am right now? Those are so many good points, Missy. And I, I like how you're talking about, you know, as, a, as an educator, you have no idea the impact you're having. And you said that intergenerational, I mean, you're talking all the way back from your grandma's teacher to now your children and how many generations is that and what an impact you can have. So Absolutely. I'm just curious if you yeah. had the chance to be the educator in the classroom, what would you do to build relationships with children? What would be like your go-to, this is how I'm going to do it. <laughs> okay. Well, I think um, my answer would have been different had you asked me, in, you know, in February of last year. Um, okay. But this year, I think because of the pandemic, I think that one of the most important things to do is reach out. I think that um, we need to first first make the assumption that every child wants to be engaged and every family wants to um, help and contribute. I think we need to start with that assumption right away because I think sometimes we'll get wrapped up in kids don't want to sign into Zoom, kids don't want to do the classroom things, or that their parents aren't supporting them or they don't want to support them. I think if we just make the blanket assumption that everyone wants to be in a relationship, everyone wants to learn, and every parent wants to see their child succeed, so then we reach in to kind of identify some of my strengths and then some of the barriers for families. Families. So, you know, if I'm having trouble connecting with a kid, I want to reach out 
to that family and ask them what are the ways that are best for them? What are the times that are best for them? Because I think that right now this is so difficult where, you know, we all have kids in another room somewhere, you know, making sure that, you know, we're counting on them to get their work done, but we're also working and who knows if it's ever getting or they're just down there eating candy. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But, um, you know, sometimes we have to, you know, you know, really work with the families and it's always been important to have family engagement, but I think now more than ever have to really reach out to the families. I also think that it's important to really try to engage with kids face-to-face on a Zoom or um, in person if that's possible, but definitely on a Zoom um, in small groups uh, as much as possible. I think that sometimes, you know, it, yes, it, it might be easier or more time efficient to kind of have all 30 kids on the same Zoom, but, um, and that's okay for a lot of it, but we really want to make sure we're giving some kids some closer face-to-face time, opportunities where they can talk, where they can engage with you. And um, there's another really cool strategy that, excuse me, that I have where um, you, so I just call it banking time. And uh, I think that when we're in class with students, it's so much easier as an educator to kind of naturally know who you've talked to and know which side of the room you've been on for a while. And, you know, that, that kind of stuff is more fluid. Like I've been hanging out with these four kids and I can go over and hang out with these four kids where it seems a little more difficult through Zoom. And sometimes we get our, our most enthusiastic speakers will kind of take up all of that five minutes you're allowing for just kind of shooting the breeze talk. And you get the same couple of kids always sharing a bunch of information. And so then it can be difficult to, to know if you've connected or not. And you're like, oh gosh, when was the last time I talked to Jenny? Right? It can be hard. Um, and so, you know, if, if, if there's absolutely anything I know about education and people who work in education is that you guys are really good at planning. And so uh, making a plan, you know, I have Excel sheets of students' names and just, you know, tagging when I talk to them, when I got a few minutes, when I got 30 seconds, just hearing their voice. So then I can target some personal conversation with them if I need to. So if I see that it's been a couple days since I've talked to Jenny, I can ask Jenny about, you know, what her favorite activity in the winter is, right? And um, getting some of that like relationship conversation going, not just academic conversation. Um, It's going to be easier to do if you are in smaller groups, but if you are meeting as a larger group um, to really try and ensure that you're getting kind of documenting that time so that, you know, and it seems just, you know, kind of genuine, but, um, but it's, it's just purposeful so that you know that you're reaching out as often and as much as you can. So I would definitely say family engagement to summarize my very long statement. I would say family engagement, reach out in smaller groups, um, especially if you're virtual, and then try to do some of that banking time since our physical space proximity has changed um, and being purposeful about building some of those relationships that may have come more organically when we were able to be together physically. That's so much good information, Missy. And, you know, just kind of recapping, I heard you talking about just that purposeful or intentionality And I loved when you said, let's just assume people want those relationships. They want to be engaged. So kind of presuming that positive intent. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so, you know, we've touched on a lot of things. We've talked about the pandemic. We've talked about trauma. We've talked about the brain. So um, as we're wrapping up here, I just have one final question for you. 
So since we're calling this podcast Eight with Eight, I was interested to know in eight words or maybe less, what advice would you give educators regarding the power of relationships? So eight words. Can you do it? The power of relationships. Because hmm. I was thinking eight words of how to build relationships. Hmm. Power of relationships. Okay. So the power of relationships. Let's see if I can do it. Okay. Uh, okay. The power of relationships. The first word that comes into my mind is fun. So fun, um, uh, uh, connection, learning. Mm, was I supposed to make a sentence? I don't know. Fun connection. You do however you want, Missy. <laughs> fun connection, learning, um, lifetime. Um, uh, oh goodness, um, friendship, uh, warmth. That's such a weird word to say. <laughs> But that came into my mind. I don't know how many that is. Is that five? That's um, five. <laughs> that's five. Uh, let's see, three more. Uh, the power of relationships. Um, uh, memorable and, um, and uh, easy but hard <laughs> but worth it. I think awesome. there were so many more words than eight. No problem. <laughs> You see, this has been so fun and just so good to connect with you. And as always, you just have so many good um, pieces of information embedded with research and then just great stories of how just practical application. And thanks so much for joining us today. It's been great to talk with you. I'm so excited. Thanks for doing this podcast. Absolutely. I, it's awesome. I love it. Well, absolutely, Missy. So if you have enjoyed hearing from Missy today and you want more, you can go ahead and follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Follow Missy. And that's it for 8 with 8. Thank you to Missy McLean for the great ideas and information, as always. I know that piece about the intergenerational impact of strong student-teacher relationships is going to stick with me for a long time. It's so powerful to think about how one teacher's bond with Missy's grandmother impacted the lives of four generations in Missy's family, maybe more. If you'd like to learn more from Missy, head over to our website, sst8.org podcast.aspx. Here you'll find Missy's contact information and how to follow her on social media. Thanks for listening. And we hope you join us next time as we delve even deeper into strategies for building relationships over virtual platforms with our colleague, Stephanie Martinez, an expert on restorative practices from the University of South Florida.